asked for a podcast, we told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Very, very excited about it uh, nearly being the weekend. Almost want to like, walk through the streets and shake everyone's hands if I was allowed. Hope you're doing all right. Good to have your company on Hometime tonight. Uh, as you may have heard, I'm, I'm doing this new podcast called uh, The A to Z of Grown Up in the 80s. It launched last week. We did A, obviously, last week with Airwolf, Avon Lady and Action Man and more. Uh, Monday, I'm going to be doing B. And the mainstay of the 80s with B in that category is bikes. I was just got me thinking about bikes from the 80s and bikes that you had growing up. Uh, and I don't know if you agree, I would say the 80s was kind of a boom time for the bike. Because before that, uh, bikes were mainly for policemen to go on wobbly roads or milkmen or people cycling to Bletchley Park during the war or kids with flat caps delivering bread with the Hovis music in the background. That's what bikes were like before the 80s. Get to the 80s, suddenly kids were meeting up on BMXs and starting gangs. And that's what I want to try and launch a little bit uh, in the first hour of home time this evening, seeing as it's nearly the weekend. I want to start my own bike gang. And your entry into the gang is based on this rule. You have to turn up on the bike that you had when you were a kid. We're all meeting up later on. So have a little think about what your main bike was when you were a kid and get involved. And I think your bike that you had back then says a lot about your social standing. Do you know what I mean? What you were like as a kid. Uh, maybe you had a BMX, maybe you had a grifter that weighed a ton. Or were you one of the posh kids who had a rally vector? Do you remember that? The bike from the future. Had stuff stuck to it that kids just blatantly didn't need, like a barometer or speedo. Who needs a speedo when you're nine years old? Uh, so get involved now and join Bush's Bike Gang. It's not a criminal uh, enterprise, it's just, it's just meeting for fun. Like-minded adults on kids' bikes. Mike Potts has tweeted, cracking name, uh, he had a thing called a Wildcat, and I've never seen that before. It looks like a space-age version of the Budgie. Do you remember the Budgie? It was kind of like a, a trainee BMX-type chopper-type thing. I've never heard of a Wildcat. And then Michael Maxwell uh, sent me a photo of his classic Rally Wayfarer, which I would say looks like a 1930s placement's bike, my friend. Uh, Lewis says Bush had a Rally Street Wolf. It was a BMX with a black and red plastic mudguard. A Street Wolf. Punk says, I'll be riding a Rally Honey and my husband will join us on his Rally Winner. He'll also have his Super Siren bike horn for extra coolness. Remember them? I do remember them. Uh, we've got Jamie on the line, who sadly has mentioned uh, just when we were chatting to him before that his bike got nicked. What happened again? Oh, man, I was I was up in Ends for New Year's Eve and it got stolen. New Year's Eve, and I come back on New Year's Day with my parents and they gave me the bad news that got stolen out of our shed New Year's Eve. Unbelievable. What kind of bike was it? Tell us about it, if you're going to be riding it in my bike gang. Oh, it was my pride and joy. A bright blue rally piranha. It had mag alloy wheels and trick nuts. And I used to try and do all the stunts during the 80s and used to fall off most of the time. What was the main stunt that you could do? I never was never able to do any stunts when I was a kid. What, what was the main one that you were able to do? Oh, it was a bunny hop and there was one called a cherry picker, which you bounced on your back wheel, which I sort of just about got. I got more scrapes and cuts than actually achieving. Fantastic. And which New Year's Eve, uh, does the year stay long in your mind as to when that, oh, that piranha was taken? Nine, long in my mind, after years and years, 1989. So, I mean, we may as well, this is a cold case, but we may as well do an appeal right now here on Home Time. Uh, if anyone has any information as to uh, Jamie's missing rally piranha that was stolen in what area, New Year's Eve 1989? Uh, that was Dartford in Kent. In the Dartford, Kent area, please get in touch with Home Time now, 0330 123 1215. Simon says I had a grey and silver grifter. 
uh, and I used to roar around like I was David Essex on my silver dream machine, Fab Days. Uh, Paul Reese in Newquay, listen to this. He says, all right, Bush, I had a Rally Extra Burner ET edition, 1984. What a dream that was. Oh, we've got Kirsty on the line. Kirsty, get in the gang. What bike did you have? Um, I had a blue BMX and then I had the um, Kellogg's Vice Krispies reflected on it. And the little thing, I can't remember what they're called, but they used to have some little plastic bits on it. Were, were these the tops of fairy liquid bottles that you attached to your spokes to give them that sound? <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure they came in cereal boxes, you know. OK, now, I don't want to sound like um, like an old man, but were there, like, girl bikes and, and boy bikes back in the day? or not? I can't remember whether there was a difference or not, or were they just unisex? I don't know. I had a blue one. I wasn't going to be girly. Exactly, and, I, and, I, and that's absolutely your prerogative as well. But, I, you know, there's a weird thing with, like, girl bikes where sometimes they don't have that bar in the middle for, like, this really old-fashioned thing of your skirt getting in the way or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. Do you know what I mean? Is that a thing? <laughs> Yeah, my BMX didn't have that, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and could you do any stunts on your BMX? Uh, just go really fast because there's no gears. <laughs> <laughs> really fast because there's no gears. Fantastic. You're in the bike gang. See you later on down the park. A couple of late entries. Tony says he'll be round to call for me later on on his Orange Rally Commando. Brake cables fully loaded with bread tags. And Ruth says, not sure you let me join Bike Club on my Rally Compact. But it does fold in half, just like your Brompton. Bush here. I'm flying solo this week because Richie's off on his holidays. And if you remember the tail end of last week on the show, uh, we were talking about the fact that Richie's got back into uh, Panini sticker albums. Uh, you know, you, you collect the stickers each week, stick them into the book and try and complete the thing. Uh, and as Richie was chatting away about the Euro 2020 album, which is the one he's trying to put stickers in at the moment, all I could think about uh, was my favourite ever mascot of anything ever, which is PK. Do you remember him from the Mexico 86 World Cup? This is the official music of the Mexico 86 World Cup. It was called Aztec Lightning. And PK was... I don't know, was he like a little pepper? Little chilli? Little sausage? Chipolata? I genuinely don't know what he was. He was green. Uh, he had a massive sombrero and a moustache. And I always felt at the time, even like looking back on it now with PK, the Mexican's all right with that, because it's almost like they're slightly taking the mickey out of what the you know perception of a Mexican is. Big old sombrero, etc. Like, for example, if they did an England one, it'd be like a fat bloke being hosed down in a market square in a European town by the riot police. But anyway, I just think PK was the best mascot of anything of all time. And I don't think there's any been any mascot. Do you remember any mascot beyond PK for Mexico 86 of a World Cup or anything? He's the only one who's stuck in my mind. So I thought second hour of home time this evening, up until six o'clock when Coldplay are here, let's have Battle of the Mascots. What, in your opinion, was the best mascot of anything at any time so far in history? And it could be anything, even if it was advertising a brand. Like, it could be Tony the Flipping Tiger, Barry Scott from Sillip Bank. They're both mascots. I was just saying, PK from Mexico 86 World Cup, greatest mascot of all time. Our producer Nick has just been doing some research. We can confirm that PK was a jalapeno. Thought he might have been a pepper or something. Pepper with a sombrero. Let's sort it out once and for all. What, in your opinion, is the best mascot of anything ever? Uh, Josh says, I'd have to say the unfortunately short-lived Japanese Pepsi mascot, Pepsi Man. He even ended up with his own PlayStation 1 game and an animated, an animated TV show. Never even heard of him. Emma says, I can't believe you've forgotten the UK's legendary mascots, Wendlock and Mandeville from the 2012 Olympics. Do you remember them? Like two aliens with one eye each. 
Uh, Jane says Sir Nils Olav is a king penguin. He's the colonel-in-chief of the King's Guard of Norway and she sent us a photo of him inspecting the troops. It's an actual penguin that's in charge of the army. Uh, we've got Matt on the line. Matt, who gets your vote for the best mascot? Oh, the Hofmeister bear. Tell me about the Hofmeister bear. I used to love the way he walked. <laughs> <laughs> he had a very nonchalant kind of um, shamble along, didn't he, a little bit? He did, yeah. We, when we was younger, we used to all like sort of walk like this mad walk when we was kids. And uh, it was just like the Hofmeister bear, yeah, yeah. He was a very cool bear, very cool dude. Did he have a hat and rolled up a rolled up kind of suit yes. top? A bit like uh, yes, he did. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crockett or Tubbs from Miami Vice? He had that kind of vibe, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah, 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 he did, yeah. Whatever happened to the uh, Hofmeister bear? Matt, what happened I to him? I don't know. I think he just died out in the uh, in the 80s, didn't he, I think. OK, well, I'll, let's hope he's OK, shall we? Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. Because I think if, you, if you're a bear and you put all your eggs in one basket with one line of work and then suddenly they decide to go in a different direction at Hofmeister, where'd you go from there? Do you know what I mean? Well, that's true enough, yeah. Well, they should bring him back, I think, because them, them sort of adverts are brilliant. Do you know what I mean? They're really funny. Fantastic. So your vote would be the Hofmeister bear? That's right, yeah, mate, yeah, definitely. Uh, someone says, what about Betty Brunton, the Wokington Reds mascot in the 1970s? I don't know who Betty Brunton is. Sounds like a really strict teacher that might have been in my school in the early 80s. Stu says, regarding the mascots, I'm surprised no one has mentioned the metal robots from the Cadbury Smash adverts. My personal favourite, though, are the Humphreys, the animated drinking straws, stealing milk in the milk adverts. I've never heard of any of them. But we do have Lorna on the line now. Lorna, what's your favourite mascot uh, of all time? Time. It's the wee um, milk cartons and the coffee and TV video for Blur. Yes, so this is the little tiny animated <laughs> milk carton that's kind of running along having a yeah. panic attack during coffee and TV by Blur. <laughs> yeah, and it's got a wee girlfriend. And, you know, and so the, milk. There are certain things in life that just pop up and like a, just a music video like that. You almost feel like they need their own uh, <laughs> mini-series or a bit of a backstory to them as well. Like, where are they now? That kind of thing. Yeah, and I think he got crushed. Oh dear! It's quite sad watching it. I didn't realise that, Lorna. Yeah, I didn't realise. <laughs> is his girlfriend okay? The strawberry milk. What happened to her? Oh no, she got crushed, and he oh. was crying. That's what it was. Lorna, this is a horrendous <laughs> end to the phone call. This is a Friday night. Everyone's supposed to be celebrating. What a downer! <laughs> That's life. <laughs> that is life. A valuable lesson for all of us. Uh, good to speak to you. You too. A couple of late entries here. Mike Beresford says, uh, Bush, it's got to be Naranjino from Spain 82 World Cup. It's just an orange with legs. Uh, Mandrake says, PK, the one I was suggesting was the best from Mexico 86. He says it's a million times better than Chow. Is that how he says his name from Italia 90? Uh, he adds, I literally had nightmares about him kicking my head in as a kid. It's just like a load of blocks kicking a ball. And Gimme Anger on Twitter uh, says it's got to be the Lurpak Trombona. That's my phrase, not his. Sounds like someone the police might be looking for. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Bush here, it's home time on Absolute Radio on a Friday afternoon. We promise you a bit of an end-of-the-week treat. And what about this? Bit of showbiz and razzmatazz to get you to the weekend. Uh, they're back with a new single, Higher Power. It's out today, it's fantastic. And they join me now via the powers of Zoom video chat. Welcome to home time. Chris Martin and Johnny Buckland from Coldplay. Fellas, how are you doing? 
We're great. Thank you for having us. How's the lockdown been for you? It's been a long old haul. Have you have you fared okay with it and everything? Yeah, you know what? We've been really grateful to be able to get together occasionally and work and stay creative and stay doing what we love, which is making music. So we feel pretty lucky. Have you developed any hobbies and stuff during lockdown? You know, people have been learning Spanish and uh, playing a ukulele, anything like that? Anything new that you guys have uh, picked up? We joined a dad band. <laughs> which dad is actually our, which was our original band but now we're all dads so it just became a hobby as well as our job it's a jobby a jobby that's a fantastic way of putting it and uh in terms of lockdown have you um have you have you kept it fashionable the pair of you or have you found yourself in velour tracksuit bottoms or an old rugby shirt that kind of thing how's it gone i mean you're very very trendy at the moment there chris i can see thank you very much um these are Essentially, homemade recycled clothes. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I've never been trendy in my whole life. But uh, but we draw the line at. Uh, I don't wear pajamas. I can't wear velour. So in terms of lounging around type stuff, because Chris, you pioneered the short sleeve T-shirt over the long sleeve shirt. You invented that in many ways. I did invent that way back Didn't in you? the uh, beginning of the millennium. You did. The government like, can contacted I... me and said we need a new look for young people, and I said, "Well, you come to the right person." <laughs> I like yeah. that. and. Can I ask you honestly, Chris, have you ever cheated in the, you know, sometimes you get uh, what appears to be a short sleeve shirt over a long sleeve shirt and they're just two shirts knitted together, stuck together. Are they always two individual shirts when you're on stage? No, no, very seldom. Mine mine are all fake these days. (laughs) He likes to cut corners. Yeah, uh, I Coldplay are a band with such a positive, unifying message. It's perfect timing that uh, you... I feel like you guys have almost been like uh, the Eye of Thunder has gone into the clouds and you've come back and you're going to make us feel good again because it's been, like we say, it's been a long haul. What's the reasoning behind coming back now? We've come back now because we just couldn't wait any longer and we're just feeling kind of ripe and... Yes. Um, it's just time. So, you know, of course, we would love more than anything to play live for people, but... While that's not possible, we we are able to still, like Johnny said, be creative and make films and videos and songs. And so we just thought, well, this is our job, so let's let's do it. Fellas, now the song has got kind of an amazing uh, 80s feel about it, which I think people are embracing a bit more at the moment because they're channeling that era of safety from their childhood, a simpler time. Would you, would you agree that the whole 80s thing is huge right now? Well, I think that any song that has synthesizers in it Th- those synths from the 80s are now retro. In this, so they sort of have this extra cool to them. But yeah. if you actually compared things that are a bit influenced by the 80s to things from the 80s, they sound quite different. There's just a feel. I think that in the 80s, there's a lot of confident pop songs with synths in. And I think that's what you're hearing a little bit. That's, that's what this song is. But I don't think we could have technically made this in the 80s. Well, we were only six or something, but, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> Well, I can hear, I can hear almost lasers. It's got like lasers and dry ice in it, which I like. Well, everything we do has a bit of that. Yeah. It's good. We keep that going as well. Contractually Uh, obliged to have lasers. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Chris, you are a fellow Devonian. I'm from Brixham. Why didn't you mention that before? I'd have been way more friendly. (laughs) I was going to say, you thawed by this point, so I thought it was worth mentioning. From good old Brixham. All right, there, fella. Years into the future, do you think you might ever come back and live in a a windswept West Country castle? (laughs) Very specifically, a castle. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to Devon in a couple of days, yeah. And what are you doing, Dad? You're going scrumping? I'm going to go and buy a farm and turn it into a shopping mall that sells only kettles. <laughs> farm foods and T-shirts on top of long-sleeve T-shirts. No, I'm, just gonna go, I'm going to go and see my, my, my elderly father. Oh, fantastic. My mum and dad live in Exmouth, so I don't think that's too far okay. away from where do you want me to, to Do you want me to tell him anything? <laughs> 
just um, say if, he, if he's met anyone from America, find out whether they've got kettles or not. That's just, I'm still on the quest. Uh, speaking of writing stuff and new singles, fellas, how has remote writing been? Have you been having to record and write over video chats like this? How's that worked? Uh, well, yeah, we always have to work a bit like that because Chris lives in America and uh, we don't live in London. So um, we've kind of built up quite a good mechanism for doing that over the years and and uh but we were still lucky enough to find a few countries that would have us all in at the same time so occasionally we could get together and then we really kind of grasped it and worked like crazy like kind of like we've never done before i think it's always been you know because of the way our songs tend to arrive often the skeleton gets sent to me the skeleton of the song and then i send it to the others so right now we have a system which we've had for the last eight or nine years where everyone gets time to sort of find their own way into each song. And then we get together to record it a bit like when you shoot a film or something. So it makes it very focused and we're all more grateful than ever to be in the same place at the same time to record. Yeah, it's weird. It's been like uh, the whole thing's been a bit like the um, the ghost of Christmas future. I think people, you know, you, you take a lot of stuff in life for granted and it's only when you have everything taken away from you and you can't do it anymore. And I, I'm going to put gigs into that category because sometimes you're surrounded by live music going on and you don't make the effort to go out there and watch bands and everything. Suddenly music and a lot of sport has been taken yeah. away from people. Mm. Do you think when you guys get to go back out there and play live, it's going to be like a load of people making up for lost time? I hope so. Yes. <laughs> I'm flipping out so. What do you yeah. think? I think so. I think, you know, um, I work in central London, take a load of stuff for granted. Generally, you can be quite miserable about other people and everything like that. I'd give anything to be in a queue at a bar now and be ignored. Right. Stuck in a queue. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Ignored around the corner in Soho. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> uh, Chris, obviously, like uh, like Johnny just alluded to, you live in, uh, you live in America now. Yes. Uh, can you answer a question about American life that has troubled us on the show a little bit? In yes, I know everything weeks. about America. You are the spokesperson <laughs> for America. Do they have kettles? Have you got a kettle? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I don't drink tea or coffee, so... Don't you? Oh, I'm pretty you know, sure you've been to I... other people's houses. You might have gone round Jay-Z's house or whatever, just a couple of doors down. Have you? Has he got a kettle in there? Because I, I heard that in America, they don't have, like, don't put, like, a kettle on for hot Who water. Who told you this? Pete, I've, I've read it on the internet. Well, I don't want to question the veracity of the internet, uh, but um, I think someone might be pulling your leg there. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for, there's thanks there's certainly kettles in America. <laughs> just pop back over and do a survey for us and get back to us. That would okay. be great. Uh, and Johnny, I mean, you're a good man because you came and played guitar at my friend Richard and Nia's wedding in Wales oh, many, many moons yes. ago. Yes, I did. Uh, uh, it was the hottest day on record in Wales. You were sweating yes. cobs in a shirt and tie playing Sweet Child of Mine or in That's a right, really hot yes. chapel. And I thought <laughs> this was just as Coldplay gone absolutely huge. Uh, is it hard to still kind of keep up with friends and everything when you're in a huge band like Coldplay? Well, uh, it's hard in a pandemic, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, but no, it's not not at all. We get to travel around. Well, we used to get to travel around all the time. So actually you, you get to keep up with with kind of everybody you know, as much as anybody can, anyway, I think. I think I feel lucky because I, I don't have any friends, and so it's been, it's really easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> just, just workmates. Yeah. Colleagues. 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 Yeah, colleagues. Uh, okay. Fellas, it's amazing to speak to you. I love you both. Thank you Bye so much. much for chatting. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Thanks, man. See you soon. You've been listening to The Home Time Show on Absolute Radio. When you go home, you've been listening to The Home Time Show. The, the last, last bit of, of the no guarantee. guarantee. Soon, May, your tea will come. You can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel. The Home Time Show is about the Essex Loop, the bird invasion, and I 
hateful thing. In the home time, shall we speak of pundit shoes? And a lass called Leona. Soon may your tea will come. You can watch TV in your tracky bottoms. Until then, we'll play you songs and maybe send you a tea towel.